Hello, you. Welcome to You Are Good, a feelings podcast about movies. Today, we are talking about Under Siege. We're talking about it with our great friend, Josh Gondelman. And I am one of your hosts, Alex Steed. I will soon be joined by my tremendous co-host, Sarah Marshall. Under Siege for the Uninitiated is a 1992 American action thriller film directed by Andrew Davis, written by J.F. Lawton, and starring Steven Seagal as a former Navy SEAL who must intercept a group of mercenaries led by Tommy Lee Jones as they commandeer the U.S. Navy battleship Missouri. So typically, we cover movies on this show where we use them to discuss our feelings or examine our feelings in one way or another, examine the feelings of our guests. But we were on a boat. We were on a boat with our wonderful, esteemed guest, Josh Gondelman, who's been on the show a couple of times before to talk about sad Bill Murray movies. But you're listening here to a recording of our first live episode. We were on the Joko Cruise as uh, entertainment We had this conversation about Under Siege, and we had a conversation about Under Siege because it's a movie that takes place on a boat, because we were all on a boat. Themes. So this is a bit of a sillier episode than the ones that we uh, typically do, but, you know, it made sense. But, you know, sometimes the feelings that we want to explore are humor, and uh, one of the best ways to do that is by laughing your way through an hour-long conversation about a Steven Seagal, Tommy Lee Jones, and Gary Busey movie. Anyway, the boat we were on, it was the Joko Cruise. We were guests of the Joko Cruise. We had an amazing time. Check them out if you like tabletop gaming or cruises that have podcasts as the entertainment. Producer Carolyn Kendrick released a song last week. It's called Walker Clay. And a nice little treat for y'all. You get to hear it at the end of this episode. So listen all the way through. Make sure that you listen to the end and you will get to hear Carolyn's song, Walker Clay. Carolyn, is there anything you'd like to say about the song? Yeah, I'm so excited to release Walker Clay. I wrote this a while back while Alex and I were driving through Arkansas on Super Bowl Sunday and our car broke down um, and it turns out people are not super interested in fixing your car when there is a big game on. And so I didn't really have anything to do. We didn't really have anything to do. So I went over to the Cracker Barrel, which was next to our, our hotel. And I met this wonderful couple who were super duper nice and they drove a big rig together. And so I decided to just write a song for them. It was really fun writing it. It's really fun writing love songs. I feel like, I don't know, we need more love songs, you know, just at any opportunity we can get them. So yeah, I'm really excited to have this out in the world and you can listen to it anywhere that you stream music, such as Spotify, Apple Music. But if you're interested in having more of the proceeds go to artists, you can check it out on Bandcamp. All right, y'all. Remember to listen through to the end of the episode to hear Carolyn Singh, Walker Clay. How's everything going in your world? How are you doing? Tell us what's up on Twitter at YouAreGoodPod. Tell us what's up on Instagram at YouAreGoodPod. It's so great to hear from y'all. We're on the road with the You're Wrong About tour right now. I have been uh, doing some uh, stage managing stuff and uh, uh, also sitting at the merch booth. And it's been really nice to meet everybody. Somebody brought us some hats. They say bimbo. I love them so much. We've all been wearing our bimbo hats. It's nice to meet you when we're out and about. Thank you so much for coming up and saying hello. 
Also, I've been out there wearing my vulnerability kink sweatshirt. I don't know if you guys uh, saw those when they were available, but we'll have those linked in the show notes. People seem to really like that design when I wear it out in the world. So if that's something that interests you and you want to represent you are good by buying a shirt that says vulnerability kink, I think that's a great choice. We'll have a show playlist linked in the show notes. We haven't been doing those for the past couple of weeks because we've been so busy with being here and there, being on a boat, recording an episode of Under Siege with Josh Gondelman, for example. But uh, that's back this week. Check out the show notes for a link to our show playlist. Remember, these are songs that are inspired by our conversation. They're songs inspired by the movie. And this is just Sarah and I reveling in the opportunity to share songs that move us in one way or another. You Are Good is made possible with your support. Thanks so much to everyone who supports us on Patreon. Thank you so much to everyone who supports us on Apple Podcast subscriptions. In exchange for your support, you get bonus episodes. This month's bonus episode will be about a weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> this was a fun, frenetic chat. This is a chat that we had at 7.30 in the morning uh, a couple of days back on the weekend. And I like chats where it sounds like we are on the edge of just absolutely losing our minds. <laughs> and this is certainly one of those. We talk about a weekend at Bernie's and we talk about all sorts of other things around that. Next month, we'll bring back our conversation about Sex in the City. Uh, we'll talk about Sex in the City season two, knowing that not everyone is a Sex in the City fan, but there are a lot of you. We're going to alternate our coverage of Sex in the City in our bonus episodes. Uh, so we'll have one month with Sex in the City, another month with something else, maybe a third month with something else, maybe a third month with Sex. You see how it's going to go. It's going to alternate. But that is a thing I've heard from a lot of you who've approached us on tour already is you really like hearing us talk about that. <laughs> so look for more of that. But thanks to y'all who support us on Apple Podcast subscriptions and Patreon. You help make the show possible. You help make this our jobs. And we appreciate that. We all are uh, big fans of you for supporting the show. Thank you. We would like to thank Queer Candle Company. Queer Candle Company makes small batch soy wax candles. They're hand poured with love. They are a queer and trans owned business. Their candles are topped with a variety of botanicals, including pressed flowers, dried herbs, and zested aromatics. I said it before, but weirdly, I've been a candle kid. I think it goes back to uh, church for some reason. <laughs> it stayed, even though I haven't been to church in a long, long time. But I love candles. So when Queer Candle Company came along, I reached out and got myself a fig and vine soy candle. It fits right in with all of my candle fancy. And I appreciate that it comes from a great company. Queer Candle Company donates 10% of their monthly profits to the Sylvia Rivera Law Project. They sell DIY refill kits online, so any candle is endlessly refillable. You can use our show code, YOUARGOOD, all one word, at checkout to get 10% off first orders on the Queer Candle Company website. So find yourself a candle, find yourself many candles at QueerCandleCo.com or on Insta and TikTok at Queer Candle Co. Thank you so much, Queer Candle Co., for uh, making the whole show possible. We appreciate you. All right, y'all, that's enough for this introduction. Let's get into it. Let's join Gary Busey out in the open seas. It's under siege time. All right, hello. 
everybody. Is everybody having fun? Amazing. I'm so glad to see you all. My name is Carolyn Kendrick. I work with You Are Good and also with You Wrong About. And I'm so excited for the, uh, it's not an episode, I guess, for the <laughs> event that we're having today, the live episode. And we're going to be talking about Under Siege. So I'm going to go ahead and just make this short and sweet and welcome out Alex Steed. Can you hear me? Come on out. <laughs> this is Alex Steed, everybody. And then our guest for today is Josh Gondelman. Woo! Josh is doing, Josh is doing some stand-up later tonight, right? That's true, yeah. Very cool. I'm going to do as much as they let me. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to haul you off stage. And then, <laughs> and then Sarah Marshall. Woo! Yay! The bold and the beautiful. All right, go ahead. Thank you. <sighs> Carolyn, everyone. Yeah! Hello, Sarah Marshall. Hello, Alex Steed. So I feel like, have, if I won't be offended if you have not, but has anyone listened to this show before by a show of hands? Cool. Woo! Thank you for listening. So I'm going to explain what the show is for all of you who have not. You Are Good, it, we describe as a feelings podcast about movies. And the reason is that we are not film critics, or nor are we interested in being film critics. And we wanted to talk about feelings generally. And we found that one of the best ways to do that is not to go, let's talk about feelings, because that would fucking bum me out if anyone approached me like that. Um, instead, we talk about movies and talk about all the things that come from that. Now, this is an interesting situation, because Under Siege was pitched by Josh. That's right. Because it's a movie that takes place on a boat. Mm -hmm. And I will find some feelings in this movie. <laughs> It is kind of a feelings-free movie. <laughs> but I have so many feelings while watching. Yes, yes. that's true. We brought the feelings yeah. to the movie. Yeah. Totally. We brought the sides. <laughs> In the, did you say the size? The side is uh, uh, I thought like, you said S-I-G-H-S. Like an ambiguously Cajun <laughs> cook on a Navy boat. Oh, that's would. true. So, so just quickly before we, t again, typically we talk about feelings. Um, um, has anyone seen Under Siege? I guess that's a good start, too. Okay, perfect. A about the same amount, I yeah. feel like, but probably not a lot of overlap, actually. So, so we, typically, we typically don't talk about, like, facts about the movie. We go right into, like, how the movie made us feel, what that means, etc. But I vaguely knew mm -hmm. about, about uh, Steven Seagal. Yeah. And... I looked him up today, mm -hmm. spent a little time on Wikipedia. Yep. And I can confidently say, and we talk about flawed people all the time. Because we talk about hit movies from the 80s and 90s, totally. which were made by almost only those people. Only flawed people. And usually we talk about them with grace, you know, as a means of understanding ourselves. Uh, I I'm, think Steven Seagal might be the worst person <laughs> that's he, ever existed. He stinks. <laughs> And so I, I was before we start, because typically what happens is Sarah walks us through the plot of the movie, then we mm -hmm. chat about it, and we should do that. Very but I was, slowly, I might very add. Very slowly. I'm going to have to really pick it up this time. The fact that you have not seen this movie will not matter. Yeah. But <laughs> I, 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 I just hope quickly maybe I can say to you both some yeah. Steven Seagal facts. Yeah, I might have some to well. I might have to, some to supplement as well. It's yeah. a, like I've never read of a person so committed 
to just being bad every step. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so so Steven Seagal says that he is not just friends with Vladimir Putin, but that they're like brothers. I thought you were going to say best friends. <laughs> but the best part about this is Vladimir Putin is like, no, we're not. <laughs> no, he is not my friend. My best friend is, uh, I met him in grammar school. We swim shirtless with bears together. I, I love that Vladimir Putin kind of Han Soloed Steven Seagal. <laughs> where Steven Seagal's like, Putin, I love you. And he's like, I know. <laughs> He, so, so during the first month of the invasion of, the, of, of mm-hmm, Ukraine, mm-hmm. Steven Seagal went to Russia to throw himself a birthday party and invited a close circle of Putin's friends, the people who would show up. You know what's sick about this <laughs> is Steven Seagal has invented a new kind of surprise party <laughs> where you surprise other people with your birthday. And specifically foreign dictators, if you want to really play on hardball. You're like, hey, Noriega, I guess who's 35? <laughs> <laughs> Woo! The- and the weird thing about him is like he's got these weird good points yep. that that convolute this. Like he was like a big environmental activist, huge, and he has folk, like acoustic music albums that he made up that are all environmentalist themed. His music, <laughs> he truly contains multi dudes. <laughs> he's a huge supporter of the Dalai Lama. Loves the Dalai Lama, <laughs> but also the, this all this other stuff. So so he what if also he just likes bald guys. Oh my god. That's fair. Yeah. What, what were we, you say well, about? okay. So I didn't want to say this because, but full disclosure, Steven Seagal, I consider him my best friend. He doesn't consider me his best friend. Yeah. Um, the cycle of abuse. Are you, wait, are you going to talk about how he's banned from Saturday Night Live? Please. Okay. Please, take so us he's, there. he hosted Saturday Night Live and refused to do the, at the height of his popularity. Seagal was huge, like very late 80s to through early to mid 90s. Mid 90s when he started directing his own films that were all about environmentalism. So he would like show up in Kentucky and be like, I'm from the EPA, I'm here to kick everybody's fucking ass. And But he hosted SNL at kind of the height of his action hero star and he's the most reviled guest in history, has never been invited back. This is from Wikipedia. There's a quote from Tim Meadows who said something like, you can't call someone stupid on Wednesday and expect them to keep writing for you until Saturday. Um, he, This is an apocryphal story that a friend told me that he showed up on set and said to one of the cast members like, they're like, how's it going, Steven? Welcome to the set. And he was like, yeah, I just read the most incredible script I've ever laid eyes on. I got to make this into a movie. And they were like, wow, who wrote it? And he's like, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but I do know that it's perfect. Oh so God. he's like banned from SNL. And and like, imagine being considered the worst person ever to appear, appear on SNL. Alongside Chevy Chase. Like that. Yeah. Well, well, Chevy Chase is fun, you know. Yeah. Steven Seagal is Steven Seagal. He's nice. Oh, and he wouldn't do, do you remember Hans and Franz, the weightlifting? He wouldn't do a sketch with Hans and Franz because in a previous sketch, they'd said they could beat up Steven Seagal. And he was like, I don't work with those guys. So the hard thing about him is, is it's, it's really hard to tell what's true in a lie. And he suggests that he, the Serbian military has asked him to teach them Aikido, mm-hmm. um, which I don't know how helpful that would be in a military situation. <laughs> and I love that that's a lie he came up with. Yeah. And he, he was an Aikido champion and instructor, right? That's kind of how he came to prominence. And... Uh, he and he did briefly have a reality series called Steven Seagal Lawman, where he was kind of like true. He was like a, a deputy in Louisiana in some 
some uh, police department. He was like, yeah, I'm a deputy now. And um, and they just drove around while he was like, yeah, let's go beat up these guys, which was deeply fraught. I did see every episode. <laughs> So I have I have one more uh, uh, series of facts that I'd like your participation on and maybe your participation on before we dive into, despite everything we're saying about Steven Seagal, and I'm not just saying this because I think he Googles himself and listens to everything that everyone says about him. What up, Steve? This you're is, listening. Despite this, we, we're Sarah's going to give you the plot of maybe one of the best movies I've ever seen, Under Siege. But I just, I want you both to guess. You know this, so yeah. maybe hold on, uh, hold okay. on from this. Sarah, can you guess a name of a book written by Stevens. He's written several. And also, by the way, just quick aside, he co-wrote a book with the former chair of the Arizona Republican Party about the deep state, but this is not that book. <laughs> Earlier, he wrote a couple of books. Can you just guess a Steven Seagal book title? Yeah, okay, so it's not out of a list of four. I have No, to no, you okay. just, just get, I'll, I'll give you the name of one, okay. and then you can guess sort of the other. Yeah. One is Mojo Priest. <laughs> <laughs> God, that, that is my favorite about? flavor of wings at Applebee's. Yes. <laughs> what, what is that one about? I Do don't you know? know. Okay, can I, I have the know. country of origin? <laughs> <laughs> just a, just a, okay, another all right. one. Um, all right. Uh, Aikido Daddy, the Duke of putting Dukes Up. Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, submarine <laughs> Up Your Ass. That's, That's exactly it. Yep. The, um, does anyone else have a guess of a Steven Seagal book? Anyone want to throw a guess out there? Okay, it is Songs from the Crystal Cave. <laughs> like, what the fuck are those books about? <laughs> so, without further ado. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Before we get into this movie in a bigger way, Sarah uh, Marshall. Yes. Can you please take us on a journey? Take us to a boat. And tell a everyone different what, boat. Yeah. <laughs> a different one. Tell everyone what Under well, Siege is about. We're already on a boat. You want a whole other boat. Okay. <laughs> um. No, a different boat. Um, okay. So we watched this movie this morning, and we were screaming the entire time. <laughs> Jamie Loftus, her, her one of the best comedians alive. One of her mm -hmm. cab, her cabins right next to ours, and texted us. I'm excited to pregame with you, listening to this, <laughs> hearing you, hearing you scream about this movie next yeah. door. <laughs> yes, best comedians, dead or alive. I don't think there's a lot of dead yeah. people that are better in, than every things. dead comedian. Yeah, because <laughs> what are they going to do anyway? Um, all right, so Under Siege starts off with a uh, U.S. Navy ship, the Missouri, mm -hmm. which is historically significant because it's like where World War II ended in some specific way. I already forget. I'm sorry. And a lot of stuff happened between learning that fact and now. <laughs> and so it's being piloted by, I think, Ryan O'Neill's not piloted. The captain is Ryan O'Neill's dad. Mm -hmm. um, who they're throwing a party for, which Alex, you and I believed for some reason for the first 20 minutes of this movie that it was his birthday party. And then they're all throwing a surprise party for the captain, which was just like really funny to us. And it's even weirder. They were throwing it. That was the, but that was the conceit, right? They're like we're throwing a surprise right, party it is for a the captain. Yeah, which is like, which is funny, right? This like this old joyless lipless man they're like it's a prize the, the captain is like you i looked at him and was me like oh that's the guy leslie nielsen is parodying yes. <laughs> like, 
he, uh, Leslie Nielsen is based on this guy. Yes. <laughs> and we were, yeah, we were 20 minutes into the movie and Carolyn was watching from the side and she's like, why are they so concerned with this man's birthday party? <laughs> the first act is very birthday party centric. <laughs> yeah. It's like an object of a lot of controversy. Yeah. Yeah. They're, and, and, and to be fair, it looks like a great party. It looks like one of those classic early 90s, like rock and blues band parties, mm-hmm. like in Roadhouse or The Cutting Edge. Yes. Mm-hmm. Where you almost kiss with your skating partner because they're playing so much like electric guitar blues. <laughs> just get thrown together. Yep. And so it turns out that the party is actually. <laughs> well, it's an important <laughs> trick, right? Yeah. Because Steven Seagal is like, he's the, the chef, he's, he's the, the cook, cook on this, in this Navy ship. He's like, oh, oh, nobody cooks for the captain but me. And uh, Gary Busey plays the commander on the ship, and he's mm-hmm. like, uh, sorry, fucko, we're bringing in our own cooks for this party. It's a surprise party. You can't talk mm-hmm. to the captain about it. So a helicopter lands with uh, Tommy Lee Jones, blues mm-hmm. singer, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, ostensibly a caterer. And then um, Erica Eleniak playing... Miss July, Playboy's Miss July 1989. Uh, and they're like, this is the party. The party's showing up in a helicopter. It's, it's perfect so that this movie's so bluesy and we're here at B.B. King's mm-hmm. uh, yeah. club. This is what B.B. King imagined would be happening at his club. You keep saying that. Yeah. I do believe it. Totally. Yeah. yeah, so the party arrives on a helicopter and Steven Seagal... <clears throat> Like it just it's it's like humbling and really nice to think about like what pushes all the right buttons for you and just being like I'm no better than whoever is cynically imagined when they make this movie because you're like oh my god Steven Seagal is insisting he's just a cook but we know that he's the most competent man on this whole fucking ship and when is he gonna have to prove it yeah and prove. That he loves Bonnie Bedelia. Um, it would be so funny if this movie were just like burnt with Bradley Cooper, though. <laughs> it's just about Steven Seagal being a chef in suit of perfection, yeah. in search of perfection, rather. Let's, let's write that movie. Mm-hmm. It'll be called um, not Under Siege, but like I don't know, having a normal one. That's uh, our movie. Under sous vide. Under- <laughs> <laughs> Underseared. I do, uh, do want to note that when Gary crust. Busey puts him in the refrigerator, locks him in the refrigerator, he announced to everyone that he hates America. Like yes, that's he, yes. that should have been a red flag. He was like, he hates America. Yeah. So like, Gary Busey, to keep mm-hmm. Steven Seagal from coming to this surprise party, throws him in like a meat freezer, mm-hmm. and he's like, this guy's a psycho. He hates America and he hates officers because he's already punched <laughs> Gary Busey in the face. Yes, which was. Pretty fun to see, yeah. And so then we have our party where our famous musician Tommy Lee Jones is just like killing it, just playing all kinds of guitar solos. Um, Erica Eleniak, Miss July, has gone to go hide in a cake. She's going to jump out of a cake, which is like I would love to see more in movies these days, you know. Because remember, also we had Adam's Family Values mm-hmm. where they bake the cake with the girl in it, and Gomez is like. That poor girl. <laughs> yeah, they just kill a woman in yeah, that movie. They sure did. <laughs> for for That's children. That's what the 90s were all about. Killing which is, women for children. Which is even worse than just wasting a bunch of cake by jumping out of it. <laughs> Both bad, one worse. <laughs> so the party is going amazing. Gary Busey shows up in drag. If this is the first time you've seen this, you're like, where is this movie going? Is this, Gary Busey looks so happy. Oh, we haven't even mentioned, so sorry to to interrupt, but we haven't even mentioned that Steven Seagal has been speaking in a Cajun accent. Yeah, that's important. He's like, I'm the the chef on this here ship. Nobody cooks for the captain but me. That's an accurate 
That's accurate. He's talking like the fucking alligator from Ninja Turtles. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. He stops immediately yeah. when yeah. he's like, I can't do that. The alligator was his acting coach. And then he reverts to just talking like Donald Trump the rest he, of the movie. He just like whispers <laughs> the whole time. There's all these deadpan jokes that he, that are just sound like brags when he, cause he just says it to deadpan. Mm-hmm. It's like rigor mortis pan, like deader <laughs> than deadpan. Yeah. It's really funny. Cause like, we did an episode recently about Die Hard and how so many movies for the next, like, I mean, maybe it really hasn't ended, but definitely throughout the 90s were, like, Die Hard in a, Die Hard on a, Die Hard with a, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and how, like, you have to alter the formula based on your leading man, and they, I like that everyone was, like, we, he's not, this is not Bruce Willis, he's not going to be, like, saying clever shit God. to himself as he crawls around. He's, like, one of the least charming men on <laughs> earth. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yeah. And it's also, and Alex pointed this out, they do this thing like uh, Tim Burton did with Batman Returns, where Steven Seagal is only in like half of the movie. Yep. Yeah. Because they correctly estimated how much Steven Seagal a person can handle. Well, it's, they did, I mean, it, they were really smart to be like, Steven Seagal can't carry this. So let's put two of the most flamboyant sort of, you know, counter counter folks to him, which yeah. was Gary Busey mm-hmm. and Tommy Lee Jones as a jazz rocker. Yeah. Yes. And this was before Tommy Blues Lee rocker. Jones was like, oh, I should uh, only have dignity. Because <laughs> so, yeah. he's it's and so it's like a lot of them chewing scenery and then a lot of Steven Seagal uh, not even knowing what scenery tastes yeah. like. <laughs> oh, my God. He doesn't. He's like scenery. No, thank you. Yeah, I'm no on thing. a diet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'm also like I've I have entered like within weeks uh, weeks the phase of womanhood where you're like all about Tommy Lee Jones, <laughs> which is like such a mom thing to do. It's, it, it really started when I began shopping at Home Goods late at night last year as a way to really stress. But now I guess like whenever I see Tommy Lee Jones in anything, I'm like that Tommy Lee Jones. That's actually that that condition is actually called now that's a man applause. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. More claps than groans. The comedian wins. It's Perry now. That's a menopause, if anything. Um, yeah, but he's and I've never seen him like go for it to this extent. I can't put on a baseball cap with one hand. I'm not a magician. Yeah, he's, like, <laughs> um, he's at like Two Face level. Like, yeah. He yeah. Is, yes. He is as flamboyant and big as Two Face in yep. whichever Batman movie that is. Yep. Yeah. And he's like, and he's doing my favorite brand of like playing an evil bad guy in an action movie which is like not trying to have a philosophy not trying to seem like a a portrait of human malfeasance he's just like I am having the time of my life. He's like Megan. Yeah. yeah. He is <laughs> he's like Megan. Yeah. He's he's got music. Okay. So I, I don't mean to I don't no, mean no. to to, to steal your forward. spotlight. Someone One has important to do it. thing that happens right at the time that we're talking about in the movie that will inform the rest of this discussion is so there's this because as of now, it does sound like we're talking about uh a movie about just a real sick party that Steven Seagal doesn't get to go to. <laughs> but while this is all happening, they go to the captain's uh, cabin and they shoot him in the head. Captain's dead. Yeah. Gary Busey. That is pretty important. I'm huge. glad you brought that up. Gary, Lee, Gary Busey and Tommy Lee Jones are now like, we're taking over the ship. Okay. Everything flows from there. <laughs> yeah. And then, well, and then really the rest of the movie is just, it's like, Imagine Steven Seagal having to step up and be like, everyone underestimated me, but I am going to take control of this ship. And then Tommy Lee Jones used to work for as like a 
covert CIA operative. Specifically, he was, conveniently, was in charge of the CIA's program to commandeer boats. (laughs) (laughs) They were like, how do you commandeer this ship? And this other guy, there's like scenes that are like at CIA headquarters, like, how do you get our boat? And they're like, oh shit, that's what we taught him how to do. (laughs) I love it. And it's like, gosh, it's almost like he could have seen this coming a little bit. This isn't, there's like a war room scene where like Kevin Dunn should be there. He's not there, (laughs) but he should be there. Um, And Alex, can you talk about how Tommy Lee Jones is like, how he invented podcasts in this movie? Yeah, there's a whole scene where he's talking to this war room from the ship and he's just like sitting, like he's like, he's He's manspreading. Yeah, and he's got a microphone and he's just saying platitudes. Like he's just Joe Roganing all over the place. Like it's so big. Like all of the screenshots look like he's, look like he's podcasting. It looks like he invented it. And he's, and it turns out, he does, like Joe Rogan, he doesn't believe anything he's saying. Like, he's just saying big, stupid platitudes. Yeah, like, he keeps calling the government, and he's like, I have PTSD from from the CIA service, and you fired me, and now I'm a hippie. And then he turns yeah. off the mic and is like, they fucking believe I'm a hippie. <laughs> I just want to steal all the missiles and sell them to question mark, question mark, question mark. Where for a second you think this movie might have an ideology, yeah. like it might be the most right-wing movie you've ever seen, but mm-hmm. like it's not even smart enough to be the most right-wing it, movie you've ever seen. No. It, there is that moment where they're like, it feels like they're doing the Black Panther thing mm-hmm. of like, oh, this person who is painted as a villain is actually like right. a radical who, where you're like, ooh, he's not wrong about everything. And then he turns up the mic and is like, oh, just so the viewers know, I am wrong about everything. Yeah. Yeah. I was so excited when I agreed with him. Yeah. And then I, I was like, oh, it was sick. Bummer. It's also great that he's wearing a tie-dye shirt yeah. because it's like, they can't tell what you're wearing. Like, <laughs> And also, that's the wrong shirt for the kind of music he was playing. Yeah. It was like if Stevie Ray Vaughan was wearing a tie, like a tie-dye shirt. Come see me at Woodstock 99. Yeah. That's my Stevie Ray Vaughan voice. I have no idea what that he That was very like. good. It was incredible. Yeah. <laughs> like, you must have gone to Steven Seagal's acting coach, <laughs> The Alligator. It's like my impression of uh, Thomas Jefferson. Hi, I'm Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> there are no recordings of my voice, so I could have sounded like this. <laughs> That's a joke I stole from a movie called A Thousand Clowns, which oh. is very underrated. Um, yeah, so, and, it, and it's like such a classic, like, Die Hard-esque movie thing, which makes sense, because this is what happens in Die Hard, where you have a villain who's like, I'm doing this because of ideals, and I might have a point. And then it's like, no, he has no point. He just is he's being a little stinker, is what he's doing. <laughs> And yeah, so his plan is that he's like, he's commandeered the ship, he's gonna steal all these warheads on it, Mm -hmm. and he, what's he gonna do? He's selling them for fun and profit. Oh, he's selling them. It's better to sell warheads than dinosaurs in terms of overhead, surely. (laughs) Yeah, and then that's his plan, and Steven Seagal's gotta foil him, he, Miss July jumps out of the cake at one point. Um, Alex, I would love for you to talk about the relationship between uh, Steven Seagal and Miss July, just, Erica Eleniak. Just, f- like, chemistry abounds between these it's, two. It's not chemistry so much as alchemy, yeah. where you're like, oh, this isn't anything, actually. Yeah. This is what a wizard would have thought was chemistry 600 years ago. She's basically like, he's like, I'm the cook. That's how he introduces himself. And she's like, well, we're fucked, obviously. And, uh, and so she... Um, she's like, I'm fucked because I'm a dancer and you're a cook and we are not okay in this situation. And also, like, can you imagine if, speaking of cooks at sea, if the Steven Seagal role were just played 
by Ice Cube. It would be way better. God, I would yeah. love. Well, there would be chemistry first yeah. of all, which deepest, would be great. bluest. But he does say he does say to her, which is my favorite. Um, something along Excuse the lines. Excuse me, of, by LL Cool J. My God. Oh, I was yeah. really owning the Ice Cube. Idea. I mean, I was, both would be great. Yeah. Both either one, actors. but specifically LL Cool J because he's done this before. Deep Blue Sea. And he had yes, and Deep Blue Sea, which I gave you as an option. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad sorry. we did this instead. No, this is so much better. <laughs> but like LL Cool J and Deep Blue Sea. Like, they clearly just had to shoot all his scenes, like, com- at a completely different time and place than everyone else's, because he was much more famous than everyone else in that movie. Mm-hmm. And Could, so... And he did the song, which Steven Seagal the should have done the theme song from Under Siege. But LL Cool J's scene partner was a bird. <laughs> and he killed it. He's in, like, he had more chemistry with that bird than Steven Seagal has with a human woman. Let's just appreciate that, that acting. Can either of you, can either of you just, do either of you remember the context for the line where Steven Seagal uh, says, says to his, his love interest eventually, uh, kind of in passing? Like, I feel like, like she the, feels about him the way Vladimir Putin feels about him. And I, and I do want to speak about the behind the scenes between these two because it is fascinating. But the, um, um, he says to her at some point, um, I believe in women's lib, don't you? Do we remember why he yes, said that? Yes, because he's giving her all this heavy shit to carry. That's it. Yeah. And this is like, if you want to know what people thought feminism was generally in 1992, <laughs> that's basically it. Yeah. And, and to which I would counter Delta Burke's line in Designing Women, which is, you know what I just hate? I just hate it when men use women's lib as an excuse not to kill a bug. <laughs> that's what he's doing. He's Perfect. making a big pack and a gun and stuff. But it's also, it's, you, what you have to start from with this movie is like, it doesn't make sense. But when you once you accept that, everything else does kind of make sense about it. You know, once you're like, okay, Under Siege exists. All the individual things are like kind of fun and kick ass for the most part. Yeah. And except for when he's like, I'm the cook. And she's like, we're going to die. And then you find out later, they're like, the cook was an ex-Navy SEAL? Like that's the government like, or no, Gary Busey pulls yeah. his file from a secret file cabinet and is like, ah, shit. And, um, <laughs> and he just says like, my bad. Like, yeah. When he realizes that, he's like, I just, I'm sorry. I didn't know that. Yeah, then he, he doesn't give me say the sorry. thing. He doesn't say I'm sorry. He doesn't say I'm sorry. He's sorry. Just like, it's ah. so hard for him to say I'm sorry. That would be crazy. And like, Peter <laughs> he just gets a lot of memos. I'm sure one of them mentioned that, and he just was like, eh, but We've fine. seen this before. But he would tell her that. He would be like, don't worry, I'm an ex-Navy SEAL. Yeah. But instead he's just like, I'm a lowly, lowly cook. Well, so this is... Direct quote. This is important, because when we've talked about Die Hard in the past, we've talked about why that's like a dad fetish, right? Because like, mm-hmm. you don't have to dad your whole life, and then finally you have one big moment to show that you were great all along, you saved the family. Classic Die Hard stuff. This one is even more granular in its dad psychology. Mm -hmm. Because I think that uh, Steven Sogal's character likes to know that he will prove that he is the most competent person in the room to all of these idiots around him. Um, um, But is also able to be humble enough to tell everyone, I'm just a lowly cook. Mm -hmm. Classic dad baggage. And the people closest to him in the movie respect him undyingly like all the other Navy cooks Steven Seagal's like we gotta go fight this boat and the other Navy cooks except for the one that's there for college credit <laughs> all the other Navy cooks are like yeah let's go fight these terrorists is that and who those old guys are we couldn't figure Alex it out Alex was like why are there all these old men on this I think they're the other guys from the from the, the galley Oh, okay, nice. Because I recognize a couple of them from, one guy was like, uh, I'm just here to get free college. And he's like, carry a gun. Yep. <laughs> and he's like, clearly cut out a bunch of homophobic slurs that Steven Seagal ad-libbed. <laughs> um, 
also like there's a scene Alex and I are now obsessed, obsessed. with where one of the like something goes right. They're fighting back. They're shooting. <laughs> I don't know. War something stuff. Something goes right. Something goes right. It's like Nancy Myers just heard you say that and is like next movie title. <laughs> <laughs> What's Diane Keaton up to right now? <laughs> Something Goes Right, starring Diane Keaton and Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Keitanu. Sounds like everything's going pairing. right to me. Exactly. Sorry. Um, what, what, oh, yeah. So this is the scene. <laughs> What we're obsessed with now, which I hope you are obsessed with too, is when like something goes right, they're celebrating, and one of the old dudes who like should be played by Ernest Borgnine, but is played by the like generic equivalent. Alex, you describe. Please. They do. They do a like a dad high five thing that ends in them both clasping their hands like this, like the Carl Weathers um, uh, high five from. But like a lowdown. Yeah, it's but they clasp like it is like clasp, yeah. and, and you should know what's it? Yes. Ex- it, like an arm wrestling clasp, and it's it's a big satisfying like clap sound for which they got an Academy Award nomination oh, yeah. for best sound. This movie is nominated for two Academy <laughs> Awards: best sound mixing and best sound How editing. Many Academy Awards have you been nominated yeah. for? Put some folks. respect on Under Siege's name, huh? So, so they do that. They do that, and and then and then uh, our our hero, whose name is Steven Seagal, mm-hmm. um, starts doing his other stuff. But they didn't give the Ernest Borgnine. Borgnine um, Brand X guy, any stage direction. So he just stands and looks beyond the camera for like five awkward seconds, and it is delightful. <laughs> it's also great because, as you theorize, and I think you're right, they like kind of over sound effect yeah, the voices. Yeah, so it's like, yeah! <laughs> and he's like, yeah! <laughs> and then just stares like a Ken Marino bit from a David Wayne movie. <laughs> Oh, that's it's the, so good. That's the best. It's a, it's He's a great doing movie. it. Steven Seagal is fighting those terrorists. <laughs> I just, just get can, it. Let me give my my quick yeah. my quick uh, facts about. Um, is it Elianak? Eleniak, Eleniak, about Erica Eleniak. Yeah, Baywatch so, alum. She was the little girl in E.T. who was forcibly kissed by a child her age, and what was supposed to be a heroic moment for him. She's been through a lot. So she doesn't. She has not said anything bad about Steven Seagal. That's worth saying here. But Pamela Anderson was originally up for that role. And she said uh, a couple of years ago in an interview that she didn't get the part because she found herself in a casting couch situation with Steven Seagal. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said that if you don't get the job, someone else is going to take the job mm-hmm. for this. And so she walked away from the job. God. Hell yeah. Um, but Elinex said that she didn't have any issues. However, Gary Busey, the... the nope. Oh. This is a good story about Gary Busey. I'm, I'm sorry. Let me, let me correct you real quick. This is the good this story is. about Gary Busey. <laughs> Outside of that show about interning for Gary Busey, Mm -hmm. this is it. Yeah. Yeah. So Gary Busey describes, imagine being a person who Gary Busey says this about. Gary Busey describes Steven Seagal as, as, quote, very insecure. He said that he kept... He kept pushing for his sex scene with uh, Elinac's character so that he could get, quote, down and dirty with the actress. But he just ended up with a kiss at the end. At the end. Which is... Gary Busey was like, not gentleman behavior. Not cool. Bad creative direction. It's also in in Steven Seagal's latter films, which I'll have fairly shady financing. <laughs> he has not like kept up his. 
he's like a little rusty in the martial arts. So there are a lot of scenes where he truly sits down in a chair and guys come at him and he just like hits them one <laughs> at a time as they walk towards him while he reclines. Um, and then all of them end- Because it's Passover. Yeah. <laughs> Why on this night? <laughs> when all other nights we stand up and kick the guys. Um, and then at the end of all those movies, there's always like a very chaste, like side hug pat on the oh, back wow. with the young ingenue where he's just, where she's like, thanks for saving the world. And he's like, yeah, no problem. No biggie. It's wild to think that this was at his martial arts peak because Mar- as we noticed, there was no martial arts in this. It movie. was a lot of fancy <laughs> knife handling. Yeah. A couple high kicks. Yeah. It's kind of like one knife scene. Like we mm-hmm. get kind of what I know from stuff like Kill Bill. And then the rest of the time, he's just kind of like being rude. Yeah. <laughs> Very smug. Very smug cook. <laughs> can I? So, okay. So, Josh, can I ask? Yeah. I, well, let's finish the summary, I guess. Steven Skull <laughs> beats the bad guys. He uh, gouges Tommy Lee Jones's eyeball out and shoves his head into a Navy computer, and they save Hawaii. And he stabs him in the top of his head. And he stabs him in the top of his head. Classic move. Which is so hard. That's like the- You gotta keep your knives sharp. (laughs) The degree of difficulty on that, sixes across the board. (laughs) Six out of six. Yeah, five, seven on the artistic score, (laughs) you know. Um, Yeah, and the good guys win, and then Steven Seagal kisses Erica Eleniak, who truly looks like she didn't know that was going to happen in that scene. It's a bummer. Um, and then it ends with him like back in his like proper Navy uniform at the... And right? she's now wearing and a Navy he's uniform? he's wearing a little sailor dress? It's, it's three days later, we assume, because it is the captain's funeral, the captain who died in the action of this th- these events. And he's and probably she's, Jewish, so they bury him fast. Exactly, just get him, <laughs> get him in the water. And Canonically she, a Jewish film, yeah. Yeah, she is now in the Navy. Yeah, and she's she ending. has like the a badge. Yeah, <laughs> like print it. She helps save America. So there's kind of like a subtext because I was like, you know, Alex, we ended this movie with you being like, what is this movie saying about patriotism? It was hard to tell. Well, and I was like, what is this movie saying okay. about Miss July? That like, that <laughs> going through like a combat situation is like something that you know women should experience. So we realized that we would rather risk our lives than like make money jumping out of cakes. Well, you, and so to put that in context, that is what this movie's saying. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, but to put it in context, you'll notice we called her Miss July because that's her name in the movie. She is not presented with a real name. It's her. There's a there's a woman who works at the war room. Yeah, who and has she, a line. She has a line that is hastily delivered. I was really excited for that line. And then it was a line. And then Barbara Bush. These are the only <laughs> three women in this entire movie. Like it is a womanless yeah. universe. It's like in the thing where the two female presences are the voice of Adrian Barbeau on the chess computer, <laughs> and then like women playing an old game show that the guys yes. are watching for like one second. Yes. And. It's, it's real, it's immense dude energy yeah. in this yeah. movie. And so a couple other details, yeah. just to fill in some of the blanks. They're, they can't just go away with the missiles. They have to build a whole crane on the boat. <laughs> yes, yeah, so they're welding the this So there's a Sarah lot of points, like, why is there so much welding? Yeah, there's Steven so Seagal much welding. drops a girder through a guy at yeah. one point. <laughs> it's a girder right. murder. <laughs> As Ja Rule would say, it's Gerda. <laughs> okay. Um, we can just thank finish. You. Yeah, that's thank it. you. That's, that's the high point. Podcasts as a whole are over. We've perfected the medium. <laughs> and 
And and then they start when Tommy Lee Jones realizes his days are about numbered, he decides to shoot nuclear missiles at Hawaii, which bad form. Which and, you said, Sarah, it's it totally great because the movie starts with the the movie. It's they they're ending the movie with saving Hawaii. Yeah, which yes. is like nice nice bookends. It's right. right. Yeah, because they're like the American Navy still. Well, we can save. We can intervene and stop something horrible from happening on Oahu for real this time. We're doing it. We're <laughs> yeah. fixing it. Which again, like Die Hard, there's like a sneaky, like getting back to World War II it's, when we were at our peak energy, which is like so dad. It's like the Mark Wahlberg 9-11 story oh. about about Pearl Harbor. Like Mark Wahlberg, you know, famously. You, I if you know didn't it. know what I meant, okay, this must sound preposterous at this moment. Probably, Mark Wahlberg know. has famously said that if he was on one of the planes, he or implied heavily, he would have stopped 9-11. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, He's like, it would have gone down differently if I was there. <laughs> For real. I bet it would have been way more annoying. He'd be like, hey, hey, hey. I was in Boogie Nights. <laughs> Which I'm ashamed of, and it's the only good artistic thing I've ever done. Isn't that crazy? He's apologized to God for being in Boogie Nights. And God was like, no, bro, there's some I have other stuff on the top of my list, actually. If there is a God, God's kind of into PTA, right? Yeah, totally. I love how much he and Burt Reynolds hated that movie that was great. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Nice. It just goes to show that, like, you can, and this also reminds me of how I read a fairly recent interview with Barbara Streisand where she said that she sees herself as a director who also sings. Oh. And it's like, Barbara, you, what did you direct? You directed The Mirror Has Two Faces. Is that your legacy? Do you think that? And I guess I find it really reassuring that like we're capable of having not the least idea of what we're great at. Which yeah. means we could all be great at something we have no concept of at all. That's so beautiful. <laughs> because my immediate take on that is like, oh, we all think we're good at things we stink at. <laughs> and you're like, we contain a potential that we haven't even considered. Yeah. Josh, like you have a Streisand level talent that you don't even notice. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I always say that Josh I'm, is I'm, the Barbara Streisand of stand-up I'm comedy. I'm the Barbara Streisand, the director of comedy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that compliment. Barbara, the director, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so they in Hawaii, and then Steven Seagal stops him. And the U.S. government, I do think a really wonderful thing that they took was like a constant raising of the stakes because it would be boring just to watch Steven Seagal stab a bunch of guys in the throat on a boat. Um, yeah. He rips the throat out. He yeah. rips the throat he wrote, It's a road, house, a full roadhouse. Stuff. Yeah. And um, a lot happens. Yeah. But it's also not gory. So anyway, no, sorry, but the U S <laughs> government is like, this ship is a problem. We're going to blow it up. <laughs> so that, so there's now, right? There's this timeline yeah. where they're like, we can't tell Steven Seagal that we're going to blow him up or he'll stop trying. So we're going to secretly plan our, our plan, plan A, Steven Seagal saves America. Plan B, we blow him up. <laughs> and so there is this ticking clock. And then once he saves the boat, they're like, oh, no, psych, it's Hawaii that's going to blow up. So they're just raising the stakes, which I think is like, Pretty fun and pretty compelling in kind of a like a dumbass way. Well, yeah. The thing, the thing. That, so a couple of things about what you just said. Yeah. One is one line comes out where the sort of military command is talking to Steven Seagal, and I think they accidentally said the best version of parenting philosophy I've ever heard, yeah. which is. They say to Steven Seagal, who's just going to do his thing anyway, they can't stop him. Uh, if I can't control you, I might as well support you, which was like a wild piece of parenting. My philosophy. parents have never 
person? No. <laughs> my dad never considered that. Like that's so I was like That's someone who talks to you like that military guy talks to students <laughs> to call. Get that's yourself what, a dad who can do once. <laughs> so the the other thing is like I was like immediately on board. I was like, yeah, blow the ship out. Like obviously stop this. And I'd forgotten that there's a bunch of soldiers on this ship that are not terrorists. Right. So there were there were stakes. Plus this like unlike Die Hard, mm-hmm. there are stakes beyond the building right. because there's nuclear arms involved. Whereas Die Hard, you could be like, you know what, just take the building down. Bonnie but they, No, I agree. I yeah, agree. I I'm just saying if I'm thinking like the military gentleman. I care about Bonnie. <laughs> Um, but yeah, this movie ups the stakes. But we were saying, uh, Carolyn, while we were watching the movie, said that um, uh, you know they don't make movies like this anymore that are just like it's like just direct tension and then they resolve the tension. Yeah. It was really nice watching a movie where I did not have to give a shit about what Thanos wanted. Like it's it just you have to keep track of what he's wanted for eighteen movies. It's just like there's a ship. And it's a problem, and mm-hmm. we need to stop the show. Tommy yes. Lee Jones is jumping around on it. That's yeah. it. I I miss the kind of like logline only action movie. Oh We're like Jason Statham can't stop moving. Like, yeah. <laughs> yes. That's the last yes. one. <laughs> I I think Statham is the last guy with like one sentence movies. Yeah. Because yeah. then you also do the transporter. We're like, what's the plot of the movie? Jason Statham has to get this over there. You're like, okay. <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's I'll watch so him do that good. for 85 minutes. <laughs> he's a courier. Oh that movie's God. he's a courier. Like, just kicks everyone in the neck. Yeah. Frank 2 <laughs> is so good. It rules. It, and I, I truly, like this sounds sarcastic, but I'm very nostalgic. But it is, the, in, in this movie, they, like you said, Seagal is only in about half of it and they have better actors carry the rest of it because the, the thing that Die Hard has that this mm-hmm. doesn't is any human relationship you care about at all. Yes. This movie, they just have to be like, here's the stakes. Everyone dies or they don't. (laughs) The right guys die or the wrong guys die. That's it. Where in even Die Hard, you're like, oh, he went to see his ex-wife and like they care about each other in this way. And Steven Seagal's like, I care about fucking America, end of sentence. Yeah. And I feel like like Die Hard is able to feel emotionally big because if you're like me, like you really care about the McLeans, you want these kids mm-hmm. to work it out. And then with this, it's just and also it's like, what does he do? Does how does he learn? Does he grow? Like, no, he doesn't. And the movie doesn't think he needs to grow. It's just like Steven Seagal fucking rocks, and people <laughs> don't know that. But after this, they're gonna know. Everyone, the movie, it's like the weird thing where like everyone else grows by learning how awesome Steven Seagal is. <laughs> That's the emotional arc of the movie. That's exactly people right. go from being like he's just a cook to like, I guess that cook is more than we thought. Totally. <laughs> Cla- again, classic dad. Dad porn. Yes. Like that's dad yes. porn. Yeah. yeah. I, yes. What, what Die Hard had is all of that. Plus just like Bruce Willis is dripping charisma. Like in that yes. movie. Like he's so great. And everything in this, else And well. all other. He's so wet. <laughs> he's, dri- movie. he's dripping sweat. Yeah. He's dripping blood. <laughs> yeah. Steven Seagal doesn't drip shit. Nope. That's no. great. He's like, he's, he's a dry guy. He spends a lot of time he's in a so meat dry. freezer. He's on a boat. He's the driest <laughs> man alive. <laughs> I love that this was, yeah, this deserves applause. I feel we're, we're really figuring stuff out. I think this the, is the film criticism you came for, right? Yeah. It's like Steven Seagal's forehead is as dry as the pussy of everybody watching him act. <laughs> That's the line. It's true. That's the single line. Can vouch. Um. <laughs> 
you get up after watching this movie, you're like, ugh. Cubes you know. <laughs> <laughs> just said fire to the chair. So. <laughs> but I am willing, I'm going to field a theory that I guess came up with, but feel very strongly about that there's like, dry action movies and wet action movies. Oh, yes. I love this theory right? already. We're like, and in the wet action movies, people start off dry, obviously, and then we can see the progression by watching them getting wetter and wetter. So like Die Hard, mm -hmm. classic wet action mm -hmm. movie. Like Bruce Willis at the end of that looks like he's just crawled through an engine. Mm -hmm. We love it. And, it's and he has, as I famously love to point out, he has to walk over glass and therefore acquire stigmata mm -hmm. because he's dying for our sins. And then we have Steven He's Seagal. dying yeah. hard. <laughs> and you know who else died hard? No, you're not allowed to clap for that. I'm sorry. Overruled. The Lord. Over the Lord. I'll allow turn the, it. I'll turn the chair around. <laughs> you know who really died hard, kids? <laughs> oh, this is a bad chair for this. <laughs> I should have more respect for youth pastors. <laughs> oh, my Thank gosh. Thank you. <laughs> I was wondering You're if we should be worried hero. about that advancement, but no. <laughs> Time for this podcast recording to get a little bit real. That's, that's my worst nightmare. It's like you're either here to like sell a timeshare or talk about Jesus. And I'm like, I came for a podcast. <laughs> Steven Seagal is not dying for shit. Your sins are your business when you're watching a Steven Seagal yeah! movie. He doesn't care about you. He just cares about his country and, and his galley. He just wants to cook for the captain. And his bully at base. There's a really great, uh, I think his greatest line delivery is he's being held captive by a soldier that doesn't know that he's colluding with the terrorists at the moment. And so he's he's being held in this meat freezer. And uh, he's like, you got to stay in there. I'm not supposed to talk to you. And Steven Seagal's like, okay, but can you get my pies out of the oven? <laughs> yeah. The most tragic thing that happens is his pie gets burned. It's mm -hmm. terrible. This whole movie. That's the worst <laughs> casualty. Yeah. Oh, my God. The, the, I, was one, I was truly wondering. I was talking with other folks last night about trying to understand like why why did Steven Seagal get big? Yeah. It's really hard to tell. Like especially when he's a medium. It's a <laughs> <laughs> sure is. It's hard to tell why Stephen in someone someone who I think might know some things suggested that they had they were under the impression that and Stephen, I'm saying a thing that I heard. I'm not saying this is a fact. It's hearsay. It's not admissible. But However, someone had suggested that he was he was um, a martial arts trainer of like a big uh, uh, agent at that time, mm. and they were like, "We need to put you." Or a big manager at the time was like, "We need to put He's you." in Teaching a movie. Michael Ovitz how well, to like reach for the stars. But why did he stick? Like, why did Steven Seagal? I don't understand. He had it. quite a run, yeah. and was this is the best he's ever been. <laughs> this is the peak. Yeah, peak Seagal. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why it's, it's hard telling. Well, and he he got to like I feel like you hear stories about directors getting like thrown in movie jail for like one kind of ambitious flop, and people are like we can't count on you to to bank anymore. And Steven Seagal got to make like three movies that he directed where he's like, yeah, I'm from the uh, I'm here to test your water, and if there's too much chemicals in it, I'm gonna gouge out your eyes with a knife. <laughs> and he got to do that three times that yeah. he directed. That's what I call big government. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, he's, he's like, I am the deep state. <laughs> the state that puts its thumb deep in your fucking eye socket. <laughs> yeah, I did appreciate that there was a gouging. There's a gouging, there's a there's a, 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 a piler, is that what that, that's called? A big piece of metal goes through a guy. Mm-hmm. Girder there's murder. A, a girder yeah. murder, yeah. a gouging, a knife through the top of the head, and throat a throat ripping. rip. Yeah. And it's, it's not bad. Steve the Impaler. <laughs> it's, it's got a few things on my inner eighth grade boy checklist, but it, but you and I were both noticing that there could, it does feel like it, it was edited down to get a rating. Yeah. It was dry in another, there was no blood. Yeah. Like, aside it's from true. the splash. It's true. <laughs> wet, dry, wet action movies and dry action movies, like somewhere McLuhan is seething that he didn't get to this before you did. Oh my God. He so just didn't live long enough. Jurassic Park? <laughs> Jurassic Park's a wet action Oh, that's movie. a wet movie. Oh, so wet wet. It's tropical. Movies. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Aliens, very wet, wet. movie. So wet. Yeah. Alien, wet movie. Yeah. Titanic. Yeah. I like how the monster wet is wet and he's like, you're coming with me. We're you name, wet together. Come with this. You name anyone in here and you name an action movie with like, if it's wet or dry. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Who has an action Armageddon, movie? Armageddon, wet. Oh, the mummy. Matrix. Matrix. It's pretty dry, right? Pretty oh, no, dry. he's wet in the wet. thing. Yeah, they're wet. wet. And then wet. someone said, the mummy? Come on, that's a layup. Dry as hell. Yeah. <laughs> the mummy. Mutumboed. Finger wax. One more. Okay. What is it? Blood chippy? Machete. Oh, machete. Oh. I don't know. I haven't seen wet. it. Is it pretty yeah. wet? I think wet. Nice. And then we get Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Crusade. I would say, well, no, that's wet. He has to get wet because of the dad issues. <laughs> I just got to, so, so for those of you who don't listen to the podcast, which is more of you than not, we, we started as a podcast called Why Our Dads, and we don't have to talk about why that is and why we became what we are, but a holdover <laughs> question from that show that we end our podcast with is we know that someone was a father. There's no father in this movie. Mm-hmm. We usually say we know the X character was a father who was the daddy. And the purpose of this question is to be a Rorschach test about how people are interpreting daddy. Um, so Which really stresses some people out. It, some people, I like kind of tell them in advance that it's coming, but they, no one pays attention to advanced instructions. At, <laughs> and I'm the king of that. Um, um, but it really stresses people out on the spot. They're like, what am I going to do? What's it mean? Mm-hmm. Though, we know that uh, America is the father of freedom. Mm. Wow. <laughs> now it's a podcast. <laughs> Who? But will you buy my supplements? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Tommy Lee Jones was seconds away from selling supplements. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Who, in your view, uh, is the daddy? Josh, can you kick us off? I mean, I'm going to go with Seagal. Okay. I, Why? I think I got to go with Seagal. He's just like, he's too, he, he's, uh, has, will not show feelings. Um, he, he, and, and he exhibits, uh, physical dominance. <laughs> I feel, I, no, you know, it's Busey. Busey's yeah. the daddy. Yeah. 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 He's got kind of this psychosexual tension going on this whole time. Yeah. That's Busey. real daddy shit yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so my, I'm going to go cause Sarah always has the best and I love putting that pressure on her at the end, <laughs> but she, hers is going to be the best. Don't worry. Um, I'm your Carrie Strug. You sure are. <laughs> <laughs> my, my daddy in this movie is the, is the captain mm. who, who, who? <laughs> we, who are told at early on is just going, he's like, they're like, where are you going? And he's like, I'm going upstairs. 
I'm going to go become, what's he say? They're like, Willie, right? what will you be doing in an hour or something? Yeah. He's, he's like he's, reading he's a like, novel, right? He's like, I'm going to be enveloped in engrossed. a book. Engrossed. He said, I will be engrossed I'm going to be book. engrossed in a book. And that's where he gets shot while reading a book. And Probably about Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah. Absolutely. You, yeah. He's, he's like, reading a McCullough book. He's sure. on a Navy ship reading a book about war. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's a war duckin'. <laughs> it's been, and we also, that's, mwah. We, we this also, is what they brought me to this boat for. <laughs> we learn at some point that the reason Seagal is a chef is because like some mission has gone wrong. And that captain... He, he punched his commander in the face when he got back from a Navy SEAL mission. And yes. then it's implied at the end that that guy was Tommy Lee Jones, right? Yes. yes. Where they briefly look at each other and he goes, it's been a long time. And then he goes, it has. And then Steven Seagal kills Tommy Lee Jones. And that, that captain brought him on so he could get to retirement, yeah. which is what a nice thing to do. Before you get shot reading a book. Sarah Marshall. (laughs) Yes. Who is your daddy? Oh, boy. Um, My daddy is Tommy Lee Jones. Mm. Of course. Thank you. White guy playing blues guitar. Yeah, that checks out. Yeah, thank you for supporting my kink for weird looking men. Um, Because I just, I feel like this is... This is movie is like it works because it's so fun and because the individual parts of it are so fun. Look at those people cheering for my choice. <laughs> um, <laughs> those people love Tommy they Lee Jones. Love him. This is a Tommy Lee Jones supportive cruise. Um, and how I f- he's just so fun to watch in this. And this is like I love kind of thinking about how sort of Hollywood men like try to portray like evil or being a bad guy and like as I've said, there are a few ways you can take it. And I think if you take it seriously, it's like not fun to watch. And then if you do something like this or like another of my favorite diehard preposition movies, John Lithgow in Cliffhanger. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. These are like, these Dry. roles make the movie. And I just love seeing Tommy Lee Jones be a podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> He's the daddy because he has a podcast. So podcast daddy. <laughs> So, Josh, yes. where uh, can all of these fine folks in the audience find you? Oh, my gosh. Well, here I am. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm performing on the, the main show tonight uh, at, with Rainbow Girls on the Sweet. world stage. And then um, other places, I have a stand-up special called People Pleaser mm. that you can find through. Oh, thank you. And, um, and a newsletter that I send out for free every Monday called That's Marvelous. And you can go to joshgondelman.substack.com and it's full of pep talks for whoever I feel like, including readers. But this week was for horrible people. Beautiful. <laughs> was Steven on there? No, no I should. <laughs> Next week I'll do Steven. I didn't want to tip this recording. <laughs> but yeah. Awesome. So that's that's yeah. where I'm at, I think. And then I, I tour doing stand-up. So when you're, unless you live on this ship, maybe I'll come to the place that you live within the year. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, everybody. This was fantastic. Also, thank you. Thank you for having me. This was our first ever live one of these that we've done. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for being here for our first live show. Yeah. Woo. Thank you. She was particularly articulate. He was everything a woman would want to get. They met. June she had a diamond ring So they drove downtown To fill out a phone To officially say I'm forever yours And the pencil pusher said Happy wedding day Presenting Mr. and Mrs. Walker Clay
everybody that is it for this week's episode of you are good thank you so much to producer carolyn kendrick you just heard her wonderful song walker clay you can find that wherever songs stream wherever you listen to music on the internet you'll find walker clay thank you so much to carolyn for editing this episode Thank you to Fresh Lesh for providing the beats that make our episodes sound so sweet. Thank you to everyone who supports us on Patreon and on Apple Podcast subscriptions. We appreciate your support. Again, you help make this a job that we have an opportunity to make this show for your ears and to receive your support. It means a lot. 
Find us on Twitter. Find us on Instagram at YouAreGoodPod. Next week, we talk about Swing Kids, the most ACAB dance movie ever made. Thank you to Josh Gondelman for joining us for this episode. Thank you to the Joko Cruise for having us and hosting our first live show and uh, letting us record it. Check it out. We had a lot of fun. Thanks for joining us out here on the open seas. We appreciate you. You, my friend, are good. <laughs>